The Versecast is part of the Heroes Tavern community. Join us at HeroesTavern.com. Listening to the Versecast, the Star Citizen Podcast. My name is John Abraham. I'm Caleb. And I am Gleep. Welcome to episode 14 of the Versecast. Today is January 12th, 2015. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, guys. (laughs) We made it. We did. This is the year. This is the year that Marty McFly comes to the future. Yeah. Where is, where are my flying cars and self-lacing shoes? <laughs> I want my hoverboard too. Yeah. Or or maybe or I just Biff Sports Almanac. That would be fine. <laughs> that that would be perfect. Then I could uh, then I could retire tomorrow. Yeah. Well, uh, because it is a new year, of course, uh, the first thing Mrs. Gleep and I are going to do is take a vacation. So uh, next week, we are probably going to post, we're going to post something. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to post, but uh, we may cut this show in half and post the second half next week, or we may have something else up there. Anyway, details to follow. We will uh, tweet out whatever it is that's going to happen so that uh, you all listeners will uh, know what's up with us. So, um, how were you guys' holidays? They were pretty good on my end. Um, lots of traveling, but overall we had a good time. Nice, nice. I didn't do any traveling. <laughs> I stayed home the whole time. I didn't work, and it was great. I just got to... I actually got to finish a game. That Actually, I got to accomplish two things in two games, which I will talk about later but it was fun i had a good time so yeah well uh, caleb i think you before we left you had already opened up your christmas presents did you get anything (laughs) i think you had a new case for your computer did you get anything else uh, after that game related uh well i think i already mentioned the steam card um but other than that no i think that was it so i did get some steam games and i can talk about that when we get to that part of the show Okay, cool, cool. How about you, John? Um, let me see. I don't, honestly, I don't think I got anything game related. Oh my god. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, nothing. (laughs) Have have you you been not being good? (laughs) I got some good stuff. It's just, I don't know. I guess I, I feel kind of weird asking for game stuff from my family because all my like all the video games I actually buy are digital yeah so there's nothing really to give me I guess yeah. and I have like all the hardware I need wow so I'm pretty set Man, so- I feel like I got a gaming t-shirt but I can't remember what it was wow so but 
I mean, I still I got some good stuff. I got uh, I got a smartwatch. Oh really? The, uh, the Moto 360. The Moto okay. Moby Glass. What? It's pretty cool. Moby Glass. The what? <laughs> you got a Moby Glass? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Moby Glass watch. Yeah. Oh no. So, is is that a, a like an Android watch or is it? Um, uh, yeah, it is. Is it? Oh, okay. And how do you like it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, the downside is that it only lasts like one day on a charge. Oh. So you have to charge it every day, like mm-hmm. kind of like your phone. Oh wow. Um. It's nice though. It's like all metal and glass. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Um, well, I yeah. I did end up... Uh, I asked Santa for an Xbox and for an NVIDIA Shield, and uh, apparently they were out of Xboxes because Santa got me uh, the NVIDIA Shield, which I, I am loving. Boy, oh boy. Let me tell you. Really? Oh, it's it's awesome. How, how does it work? Well, it's, um, it's an Android-based system. It's uh, running the... What's the new one? Android Lollipop. And uh, it came with... Uh, it's the tablet. It came with a controller, a wireless controller, and uh, which you know iPad should have had years ago. You know, it's that's the yeah. that's the thing uh, that uh, most disappointed me about being a longtime uh, Apple tablet owner is uh, no decent controller. And um, then if you got the package, uh, or at least this is what what, what Santa told me, uh, if you got the package that they were (laughs) offering at the time, uh, you also got um, Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, and Portal, all ported specifically for the Shield uh, for free. So... I've been uh, nice. I've been playing those quite a bit and uh, and really really enjoying it. It's uh, it's not as big as I thought it was going to be. It's a it's an eight inch screen, which I guess they measure diagonally, so it's not it's not overly big. But uh, you know the the other side of that is that it's uh, it fits uh, in my book bag really easily, so uh, it can pretty much go with me everywhere. Which uh, I guess is kind of the idea behind mobile gaming is take it everywhere. So, um, but uh, it does also tie in with the uh, my Nvidia card, my uh, video card on my PC, and so I'm supposed to be able to stream like a whole bunch of different games off of my PC through my wireless network at home onto the tablet. And I haven't had a chance to uh, to test that out yet, but uh, I have a, a friend who has the handheld version the one with the smaller screen and he's done it with his and he says it works really well so i'm looking forward to maybe getting some far cry 4 or some other uh games uh um mobile other parts of my house you know so uh, cool yeah yeah i've one of the awesome things about android is um the emulator scene mm-hmm. like you can get emulators for tons of consoles Oh. And it's basically tons of, I mean, obviously, you know, downloading the ROMs and stuff is kind of shady if you don't own the cartridge. Right. Um, but still, <laughs> that's something that that I've done on my Android phone before. Hmm. Um, but what you were saying about the controller, um, I think in like iOS 5 or something, they introduced... Maybe it was a little later, but they introduced like official controller support, 
And when I saw that at like the Apple keynote, I was like, man, they're finally going to start making controllers. And they never did. I don't get like, it. Like, I think, I think there's a couple you can buy, but they're both, they don't get any good reviews. It's like, you're really missing out, Apple. Like, everybody has an iPhone or a, a device, an iPad or something, and everybody's gaming on it, but nobody has, like, good controls to actually play real games on them. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's, like, I think even Logitech made one for the iPhone that you, but you had to, like, plug the phone. It was like a hassle getting the phone into the actual device, and so... It really, I mean, if you wanted to turn your phone into a dedicated gaming device, I suppose, you know, that's fine. Or if you, you know, you had an extra phone or whatever. But yeah, I really, you know, Apple seems a lot of the time to make really good decisions. I don't, I don't get what happened with, uh, with this one. And, you know, like, and the, the NVIDIA gear for the um, uh, Samsung, what is it, the Note 4? Is that the, the, uh, Phone with the big screen, the, or the Galaxy Galaxy. Oh, the Note Four, the VR thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the iPhone Six Plus would be a perfect fit for something like that, and it's like, you know, where is it? Not good. Yeah, not good. Yep. But uh, so anyway, I'm I'm real excited about that, and there's uh, more games uh, coming available all the time, and uh, because it is sort of an introductory thing, uh, they have what they call their grid system, which is kind of like Netflix, streaming Netflix, except for games. And so if you have a, a, a sufficient uh, internet Wi-Fi and internet connection, you can stream a whole bunch of games off of this library. And for uh, uh, the first half of this year, they, they're giving that to uh, Shield owners for free. And so I was able to play some uh, of the original Borderlands and uh, I think one of the grid racing games, and it works really well. Now it's, it's sort of uh, the keyboard mappings are a bit, or the controller mappings are a bit uh, uh, hinky in a few places, but uh, performance-wise, it, it works really, really well. So I'm sorry, did you mention the price? Oh, I did not of the of the grid thing. Oh, the grid—it was free. The, it's free until the, for the first oh, half it, of the year. Oh, okay. <clears throat> huh. And then after that, I don't know what it's going to be like a subscription thing. I don't know what uh, what it'll be after that, but um. yeah. Well, I saw that. Um, I think Sony is just now rolling out their PlayStation Now service, mm. which is a similar thing. It lets you play like PS3 games on like your Vita and PlayStation Four, and you like. You, I think you pay like a monthly fee, and then you get access to like over a hundred games or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way that the grid thing is advertised. I, I when I logged in, it, it I would be surprised if there's a hundred games there. Um, but I think maybe they're in the advertising. They're sort of, uh, you know, they left out the gonna have over a hundred games. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, you know, but still, I mean, it's it's there of the games that are available. There are three or four of them that uh, um, I would play, um, especially for free. And you know, we'll see after that. But. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, um, uh, since last time we recorded, and that was way back in December, December 22nd, I think it was, uh, we've got some new Those Guys with Ships members, and uh, we're real excited about that. Uh, Umaroth joined us on, uh, 
At, he joined us on the winter solstice on December 21st. So um, uh, that's uh, very cool. And uh, speaking of winter, uh, Alden Winter joined us a couple of days later. Uh, he also, uh, in his application, he said that he likes the podcast and is looking forward to flying with us. And we're looking forward to flying with him, too. Uh, Dayjack, Dejack or Dayjack, joined us uh, right around Christmas Eve. Uh, he also said that he enjoys the podcast. And then uh, a longtime uh, 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 friend of, uh, of uh, the uh, Gaming After Dark community, uh, Tam Demonium, who uh, used to be called Valix, uh, he has joined us in Star Citizen, and it's it's really uh, cool to see him again. Um, so that's um, that's great. We got uh, four four new people, and uh, we're looking forward to playing with everybody. For sure. And uh, I was actually talking to you guys earlier about setting up a weekly time for us to all get together and jump into Arena Commander, mm-hmm. and uh, you know play some shoot some stuff yeah um so yeah we'll uh we'll talk about that and then we'll we'll set a time and then you know we can we can start playing together yeah i think it's working well enough now that uh we uh, can at least give it a good try so yeah for sure yeah and um over on heroes tavern which mentioned we got a couple new members there uh we got yellow stag who joined us and uh right around christmas time and he uh, immediately began posting in the forums and so we really like to see that so thank you uh, yellow stag for uh joining us at heroes tavern and then also tamdemonium uh, uh formerly known as valix he uh also uh, is in heroes tavern with us too so um it's more people more better Yes, um, definitely. Yep, yep. And um, and then speaking of uh, social media love, we got some new follower followers on uh, Twitter. Uh, my favorite new follower on Twitter has got to be Poo Poo Pee Pee Ha Ha. That's the best. Oh boy, that's the best name ever. Uh, Keeping it classy. <laughs> yeah, I uh, wish I was brave enough to have that name. Or have thought of it first. <laughs> uh, we also uh, got some love from Wolf Larson, Darth Rich, and Andre. Um, so th- thank you, uh, all you uh, folks, for, for giving us the follows. And uh, we look forward to um, uh, playing with you and uh, tweeting with you uh, into the future. So um, following up, because last time when we... When we broadcast, we really didn't follow up on Unfinished Business from Episode 12. So kind of finishing up on Episode 12 and 13, wanted to check in with you, John, to see if uh, your Aurora LTI transferred successfully to your Mustang uh, Beta. It did. Did it? Um, yeah. I am still very stupid when <laughs> it comes to figuring out how to use different things on the website mm-hmm. <laughs> um and honestly it's like super easy to do i'm just kind of dense but um i bought it and i didn't realize that i had to go back to my hanger on the website and like apply it oh uh, apply the beta upgrade to my ln mm-hmm. um oh really because i've only i think i've done it before but i forgot or something um but yeah, I did that. I applied it, and then 
I realized that I have to, like, equip what uh, ships I want in my hangar through the website. Yeah. Which I feel like is something they added a while ago, and that's why I haven't seen my ships for all this time. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been. I was like, why is my hangar glitching out? Why don't I ever see my ships for, like, weeks? And then I finally figured that out, I think, after you told me. Um, but, yeah, everything's working fine. I don't know... Oh, sorry. Yeah, I do know how to get my Mustang, but it's, like, glitchy. Like, I just have to find the point where it says to push E or... Is it F? Yeah, it's F. F yeah. E. I think it's F. Yeah. Yeah, it's F. Um, or I always forget because some games use E, some games use F. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I yeah, you have to find like a certain point where to push F and then it just like teleported me into the chair. It was kind of weird, but <laughs> it anyway, it's in my hangar and it's there and it looks great. And so I'm happy now. Cool. Did you by any chance uh make the uh we had talked a little bit about you upgrading from beta beta to delta. Did did that happen by any chance? No, I'm going to stick with beta for now, and then, I don't know, I, I'll i probably do delta, probably, I, I need something for dogfighting, so, yeah, yeah, I'll probably do that in the future. Well, uh, sad news, uh, they removed the upgrade from uh, gamma to delta, so um, I hope they bring that back for you, but um, it's uh, as of... Uh, from beta... From beta to delta. Well, from beta, you had to go to the Aurora CL and then to the Gamma, the Mustang oh, Gamma. Oh yeah. And then to the yeah, Delta. Yeah. So you can still get to the Gamma. So if you what? if you want a racing ship, uh, you can uh, you can do that. But they they removed the upgrade from Gamma to Delta, and I have no idea. That makes no sense to me. I don't know why they would do that, but um, it does. Can you buy the Delta separately? Oh oh. You know what? I don't know. That's a good question. It is um, not available. <clears throat> really? Dang. Wow. Dang. I'm sure it'll go on sale again, but it. yeah, you've got to wait for now till they re-release re it. Wow. Wow. Huh. Well, I guess I missed the boat on that one, at least for now. <laughs> Man, I wonder why um why they uh why they did that, but uh, the beta is a good ship, though, because you know it's. I hear a lot of people referring to it as kind of the uh, Eurovan or the the Vanagon of uh, of Star Citizen. It's kind of like a big VW bus, you know, because uh, because uh -huh. it's got the it's got a bed in. It's got a. It's weird. I mean, um, it's got the bed inside, and then it's got like a little sort of an area for just sort of lounging, and then it's got a sink. <laughs> you know, for yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that it could hold all that stuff because it's like one of the most it's like the sleekest and lightest ships you can buy. Yeah, it, it's weird. It's like a TARDIS. It's like it's much bigger on the inside than it looks like from the outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, but it, you know the the nice thing is that you will be able to because um, I, and I think it also came with a, a jump drive if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you will be able to uh, do some some traveling with it. You know, you go camping. You can go mm -hmm. camping in it. So that's uh, <laughs> it's it's important to have a ship you can go camping in. So, well, I hope that comes back soon for uh, for you and for everyone else that wants a, um, a Delta because uh, I, I think it's a fun ship. It's uh, it's made out of paper mache, but it, it's a fun ship. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And we had talked about uh, Aaron Roberts and uh, when he had joined CIG, and I did a little bit of poking around on that, and I found that he has worked with Chris before on other projects. We, we remember seeing him, I think, uh, the, for the first time at uh, CitizenCon. Um, but um, uh, I did find that he's worked with Chris on stuff before, most notably uh, one of the Wing Commander, uh, the Privateer, Wing Commander Privateer game. Um, and then I guess he was also involved at Digital Anvil with uh, the making of the Wing Commander movie. Uh, did you guys, either of you guys see that movie? No. No, I didn't. Mm, I haven't either. I heard it's not very good, um, but uh, uh, I do, I do want to give it a, a, a look-see someday. Um, but, I, you know, after about five minutes, I, I kind of got bored with uh, searching any further and figured, you know what, it probably doesn't matter. So... Uh, we're going to let Aaron Roberts' uh, mysterious past remain just that, a mystery. Um, and then I know, last episode, um, we God, it's been a long time since we've, uh, since we've recorded. Because um, I, uh, I think we were talking about Scott Manley and, and how uh, some of his stuff, it seems like he's a little hypercritical. That's right, because he had, he had said about the release of uh, 1.0 that it was um, a, a disaster or that it was a disastrous release. Um, and I think I, um, I got all uh, chest puffed out and bold and said if he was ever to uh, show, show himself that I'd give him a, a piece of my mind. Well, uh, I, uh, Mrs. Gleep and I were out uh, for a nice pizza dinner, and uh, who should come walking in the door but Scott Manley. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I, I swear to God. And I'm like, you know, I, like, I dropped my, my slice of pie on the floor, and I'm like, oh, oh, my God. And uh, but uh, before I could uh, I could uh, track him down and give him what for he sort of disappeared into the crowd and uh, um, so I you know I just said well you know he gets away this time but I did check you know obviously I didn't know it was Scott Manley but it looked an awful lot like him so I checked uh, uh, my Twitter afterwards and it turns out uh, that he he apparently does live in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. And uh, he was tweeting out that he was leaving the Bay Area and going skiing at Lake Tahoe. And so if you're going from the Bay Area to Lake Tahoe, you pretty much have to drive right over the top of me. So uh, I, I thought, oh, my God, that really was him. So I, I did tweet him and I said, hey, Scott, did, uh, did you enjoy some pizza last night? And, uh, he, tw and he did tweet me back, um, you know, which was really pretty cool, you know, like my little brush with, uh, with fame. And he said, uh, "No, I, I had In and Out burgers." So, um, I, I, I think it was still him. I just think he's ignoring me because he he's he's uh, he fears the wrath of Gleep, you know. So that, or at least that's the story I'm going with. That's the story I'm going with. But um, also, uh, we were wondering about the contacts that we add to the website. And are you know in the on the new uh, website and whether those contacts translate into uh, the game client and I did I did uh, notice that all the people that I've added through the website are actually they show up in the game now so uh, that's um, that's pretty cool and uh, I actually did one of the yeah. one of the guys that uh, that joined us recently I think it was uh, Alden Winter yes Alden Winter I saw him in game and I sent him an invite but then uh, but then I my client crashed and uh, by the time I got back on uh, his uh, he didn't appear to be on anymore so anyway that that functionality is up and going so I'm thinking that's going to give us 
um, a way to uh, connect better with folks inside the game. So yay for that. Um, yeah, for sure. And then we had been discussing the playtest universe and why um, and you know how come you know uh, you John darn near a golden ticket holder why you weren't invited to join and apparently it wasn't a, a thing that was done by any kind of um, real well thought out thing they just they they made a post in Reddit I guess to uh, to say hey we need we need people that are online right now who want to join this thing and uh, so they they oh, okay they launched it and um, I'll include a link in the show notes uh, so you can check uh, check that out but uh, I'm hoping that they're going to it doesn't appear to be up now anyway is sort of my point but I'm hoping that when they do uh, do it again that it will be um, uh, available to uh, to uh, folks that are interested so I think it'd be a, a pretty cool thing to do yeah i think i think it would make most sense for it to be just a uh opt-in thing Mm -hmm. since the game has been funded entirely by the community and you know it's i don't know it just makes sense to me that it would just be opt-in so that anybody could get in kind of like i think i mentioned this last time like how daisy does it you just they have experimental servers that don't that aren't as good as the regular servers, mm-hmm. and you can just opt in to play on those if you want to. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that's you know um, an important uh, f- way to do it, or an important aspect of of how you implement something like that is giving the folks the opportunity to either when they log in, do you want to go to the the play test or do you want to go to the uh, uh, to the regular. Um, non-playtest universe just because um you know we've sort of learned from this last release that um when stuff is is um not fully tested that you know it it can it can break things and you know so you you wouldn't want to have to commit to that's the only thing you can do yeah yeah so anyway hopefully we'll get a chance soon but most importantly, the, the most important thing we have to follow up on since last time is, John, did you get your core hound mount before January 6th? I did. <laughs> I got it on uh, January f- 4th. That's awesome. <laughs> and then right after that, I found out that they're extending it for like another week and a half. Aww. So... <laughs> Didn't have to rush as much as I did. I actually ended up spending, um, <laughs> like, like twenty five thousand gold of somebody else's gold to buy gear, so I was high enough level to do the raid. Oh my god! Um, which is a good amount of gold in WoW. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm gonna have to repay them that that gold, but uh. But yeah, I got it. <laughs> How cool is it? It's pretty cool. It's like it's pretty much the biggest mount in the game. Uh-huh. Like it's just a giant two-headed dog that's Ooh. like all lava-y and stuff. Uh-huh. Um yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh the raid took like an hour and 45 minutes to do. Wow. Um and it even wasn't even that difficult. Like I could have stood there and done nothing and because it's a 40-man raid, there's like, there's 40 other people doing stuff. Um, 
honestly, I never want to do that ever again. <laughs> 40 people is just too many. Like, you can't even... There are points where you literally can't even see what enemy you're targeting <coughs> because everybody is just on top of them. It's just a riot. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I was I was impressed though. I mean, I have a GTX 980. Mhm. Um and I have everything maxed out and the game runs at like 150 frames or oh, probably wow. more than that normally. Um and I expected it to maybe dip just a little bit with 40 people but it didn't it was like it was perfect it was like i think it was over 100 frames in combat so wow wow that was kind of cool but um but yeah 40 man raid not really my thing <laughs> well congratulations i know uh i know that that was weighing heavy on you whether you were going to get that or not so I uh, yeah i it, it it was like a 160 hour journey to get there so <laughs> But yeah, it paid off. Cool. Well, if you think about it, you know, post a uh, post a pic of it in the uh, on the Heroes Tavern. Like to see what it looks like. Oh, sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, and finally, following up on housekeeping, I want to send a big shout out to Ronald Jenkins for giving us the go ahead to use his music for the show. Uh, the current intro and outro tracks, which hopefully you folks noticed, are different. Uh, are from his song 103 Degrees off of his new album, Alphanumeric. You def- definitely check it out. You can go to www.ronaldjenkies.com, and that's Ronald, like Ronald, J-E-N-K-E-E-S.com. So check it out. Give it a listen. Uh, buy it. I'm sure you won't be sorry. Okay, so last time, I guess uh, still following up a little bit on last time, uh, we talked about the live stream event uh, from December 12th, and um, it was uh, there was a lot. It was four hours, so there was a, a lot of information, and we just sort of hit the high points last time, But and I promised that I would go through and watch the entire thing, and uh, we could uh, recap that, and I did. So um, uh Let's get into it. Um, it started off with uh, Foundry 42. Uh, they It was a, like a series of, um, uh, I'm not sure how much of it you guys saw, but it was essentially a series of like teleconferences uh, with the, uh, the different offices. And uh, it started off with Foundry 42. They sort of giving an, an update report on where things were. And uh, where that's where, <clears throat> where Aaron Roberts uh, is uh, the the head of uh, stuff over there in uh, Manchester, I think it is. And uh, they, um, they talked about uh, the, um, the, the design for Squadron 42 and how the initial gameplay is going to be set at the Shubin Mining Operation. Have you guys seen uh, pictures of the Shubin Mining Operation before? No. No. It's uh, pretty cool. Um, I put uh, I'll put a link to the um, to the uh, a YouTube video kind of showing some of the concept art uh, in the show notes. It's a uh, it's uh, very uh, very cool looking. It's it's enormous. Um, so definitely check that out. Um, and the thing that I thought that was was very cool is they uh, they world premiered uh, some concept art for the uh, Pegasus X. Export carrier or um, escort carrier. I'm sorry, not export. Escort carrier, and that's going to be 
apparently going to be our home for uh, much of the story behind Squadron 42. And if you if you guys uh, bring uh, up those images, uh, there's a couple of them where you can see uh, a, a, a person put into the picture for scale. And the ship is just gargantuan. It's just huge. Well, I'm watching it right now, and there's... There's a Connie on the like on the top of this ship, the big one. Uh huh. And it's like tiny. It's like a little ant on this sh- on this thing. <laughs> Man, isn't that just awesome looking? It's ridiculous. And I think somebody had asked, and I don't know where or when I heard this, but I think somebody asked if um, if the uh, if the ship was ever going to go up for sale, and they said no, um, which you would kind of have to understand, I think. Um, or at least not, there weren't any plans for it. Maybe someday, but uh, God, mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't get LTI for that, I mean, how could you afford to even own it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Imagine having like <laughs> of uh, like an aircraft carrier or something in Star Citizen and forgetting to pay the insurance. I know. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Oh boy. That would not be good. It, not like it would matter though. Like manufacturing one of those would probably take like two years. Yeah. Yeah. I know. So it's it's sort of like insured or not. I mean, you would be out of, out out of a aircraft carrier for uh, for some huge period of time. Uh, yeah. Uh, they also mentioned that the Starfarer is in uh, in the pipeline and slated to be completed sometime the first quarter of this year. And I included a link there to some images that were uh, included as a, a sneak peek at the end of Around the Verse episode 26. And um, mm-hmm. it's, it's all, uh, uh, I guess, would you call those white box at this point? Um, I think it's gray box. Is it gray box? Yeah, I don't know the the difference between. I think those. that's what it, what it's called. But but essentially, you need to take it home and paint it because <laughs> it ain't got no color yeah. on it. Uh, but yeah, you know it's and I I wish there was somebody you know like something for scale on this because I think that this thing is enormous uh, too. And if you, um, and uh, of course I'll put a, a link in the show notes so you can check this out. I posted the, uh, the stills of this on uh, Heroes Tavern. Uh, but in the third photo, third and fourth photos, you can see the tanks which uh, are mounted on the underside of the ship. And my understanding is that these are um, uh, detachable. These are modular and that in, instead of these, you can also have uh, cargo uh, containers. Oh, okay. That you will be able to um, uh, use this as a, a transport of stuff other than just uh, liquids and gases. So, but um, mm-hmm. I like the, it, I, I don't know what you call the little umbilical cord that comes, uh, comes down, but I, I'm, I'm thinking that what that's for is um, uh, refueling ships uh, either in flight or um, I guess just in orbit or, yeah. or in space. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a pretty cool ship. I mean, it's, I think uh, John, you commented on my post in there and just said, you know, it looks really cool, but you know, it's, it's only got a, a couple of good uses. So 
you'd have to be pretty committed or be part of a really large organization, I think, to make uh, to make it worthwhile unless uh, unless it goes on sale for much cheaper than we expect it to. Because you would have to think. Yeah, it just it just seems like a utility ship. Like, who gets excited about this and you know goes and buys it right away? Well, you know, and you think about it. I mean, if you were a pirate or a guy in a super hornet, and you came flying upon that, and it was like not somebody you knew or liked. I mean, you, you a couple of well placed missiles in that thing, and can you imagine what it would look like going up? <laughs> yeah, seriously, that'd be awesome. I was just gonna say that, like, they're not really shielded at all. Not so much. Yeah, I think you could probably uh, you could probably uh, put on a real good show with that, but. Yeah, I think you'd have to be you'd have to be part of a convoy, or else, you know, you basically are dead at that point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a pretty big target. <laughs> it's it's not a subtle vehicle. Um, but if you're looking to trade, no. you know, if you have two buddies that can guard you while you're trading, you know, that could work out. I don't know. Well, you yeah. you would have to think, you know, or for any of these organizations that um, have, uh, you know, like. Um, the guys from uh, Star Signal, you know, I think that several of, of the the folks in, in their organization uh, purchased javelins. So if if you've got you know that sort of military firepower, um, you know, you're a you're going to need a ship like this to keep you fueled up, and b you're certainly going to have enough um, offensive firepower to protect a ship like this. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I guess uh, I guess we're just thinking too small, man. We need to think bigger. <laughs> well, I hope they are useful because <laughs> that would mean that supply lines would be a part of the tactics, and that could be neat. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's a good point. So anyway, um, uh, thank you to uh, Sandy Gardner for uh, popping that up at the end of uh, around the verse. Um, who was uh, the co-host this time was uh, was Travis Day, so that was sort of nice. Um, apparently, Ben Lesnick got stuck on a, a, a flight returning home from the holidays that was out of French toast, and this caused quite a bit of controversy. Having to fly, <laughs> having to fly without French toast. So you know, I thought you were going to say that his flight was grounded because they didn't have any French toast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think he I think he tweeted about it that there was uh, there was no French toast and this was a this was a catastrophe. So yeah, I think I saw that actually. <laughs> He's a funny guy, um, and uh, they also uh, in the update from from Foundry Forty Two they uh, posted some uh, new images of uh, the Idris, um, and if you guys bring those up, they are. Pretty cool. My favorite is the very first one, which is a little bit uh, uh, is fleshed out pretty well. So it's not certainly not in engine, but uh, it kind of gives you um, a good uh, a good look at what the ship uh, can be in action. Um, yeah, and it's then nice to actually have a more more fleshed out image compared yeah. to what we used to have. It's nice. Yeah. And you've got some um, um, interior shots, which I, I think the second one I think shows some escape pods, if I'm not mistaken, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And uh, the mess. This reminds me 
I wonder when they're going to add anti-aliasing to this game. God, soon I hope. Soon. <laughs> um, yeah, because that's kind of bothering me. Yeah. I, But I've heard, though, that with a 4K monitor, you don't need anti-aliasing. Really? Because you can't see... Yeah, you can't see the edges, or like the jaggies. Mm-hmm. So... That's something that tempts me to pick up a 4K monitor. Uh, the downside, though, is running the game at 4K is going to be Crazy. a bigger challenge than using anti-aliasing. <laughs> oh. Well, maybe you can explain why it is that, you know, in-game, I've, or at least specifically in my hangar, the, the aliasing is awful. But if I take a, you know, if I use... Uh, what is it? Uh, the Windows utility for grabbing um, pictures. What's it called? The snipping tool. If you use the snipping tool, the snipping tool, yeah. If you use that to grab a, a screen, a screen cap, it uh, the aliasing goes away, which is sort of. I mean, you don't get uh, the jaggies well, are gone. It depends on how you're viewing the screen cap, because if you downsize the screen cap, then you're obviously not going to see all the quality. Right, right. But it should it should be capturing that. Although honestly, I've like I've looked up videos about aliasing on YouTube and tried to understand like what it is. Because mm-hmm. like you would think if it's running at 1080p and if like just like a regular image on the internet looks sharp, but then you go to a game and all the edges are jagged, you. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. And there are actually certain games where you can't even really see the aliasing. Mm. Like, I remember, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of it or played it, Rage. Yeah. yeah. It came out a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that game was an ID tech game. Id tech, sorry. Mm. Um, and... Like, you didn't have to use any anti-aliasing, and I didn't see any jags in that game. Mm-hmm. So, I think it has to do with the engine, or the game, or well, something. It has to do with John Carmack. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, we're hoping, uh, I guess we that, that will be... Uh, uh, good for us when it comes time for Oculus Rift because if he's uh, what's he like the technical director behind uh, behind that? Um, so I guess so. Yeah, because I'm thinking like uh, anti or aliasing is bad enough uh, on a monitor. Can you imagine if you have it in VR? Man, you'd just be puking all over the place. Yeah, yeah. right in your eyeballs. Oh man, it would be awful. It'd be awful. Hopefully, he can invent some kind of anti-aliasing filter that just automatically applies it to everything you look at. Yeah. Well, I tell you, I just, I hope that uh, um, uh, Chris Roberts and John Carmack never fly anywhere together because, you know, like if if they both died, I mean, what purpose would we have for living? (laughs) (laughs) What if they, what if they had the chance to work together? What if they had like, had a baby? What would happen? <laughs> what what I feel like there would be like like a nuclear explosion or something. Oh, it would just like time would all distort and stuff. It would just be a it'd be, <laughs> it'd be cool. P- pizza would be free. I mean, just can you imagine? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, well, so 
Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, I, I have not heard anything about when they're planning on it, on addressing that, but, uh, I hope it's soon. So maybe, you know what? I have not issued or, um, uh, submitted a question to Chris Roberts for quite some time. So maybe that might be, uh, uh, something to do, uh, uh, for that or for, um, uh, 10 for the producers, which, um, uh, they uh, they just did their sep- second episode and uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later. But um, I was I, I enjoyed it. I, I went into it thinking this is going to really be um, sort of silly. But uh, we had talked about you know giving it a, a try last time and I was I was um, pleasantly surprised. So maybe we can submit it to them. Ah, uh, so that oh then um, to sort of round out the. Um, Foundry 42, you had the, uh, we talked about this a little bit last time, the Roberts v. Roberts uh, in Arena Commander. And this was before it actually came out, or it was, you know, a few hours before it came out. So that was sort of fun to watch them uh, do that. And uh, it was, um, it was it was buggy, and it took them a while to get it up. But once they got it going, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and Chris won, so everything's right with the world. <laughs> um, he had to redeem himself after... Uh... What was that? Where the first time he showed uh, free flight, and uh, he crashed immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Chris uses uh, uses an Xbox controller, so you know. Uh, so I does he wait? Does he actually use that? Like when he's just playing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like and sometimes in in, wow. in ten for the chairman, you can see one sitting on his desk. You know, so it's um. I think that's his actually his preferred. Uh, uh, way of playing, so I'm making that up. But um, I thought I thought he was just using it because it's convenient. I, I, I thought he was using it because but. I use one, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's the story. I'm that's going. why he doesn't answer your questions because he doesn't want to seem biased. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right. So um, next up, they had uh, the the folks from Moon Collider Studio in Scotland, and I guess these are kind of like the AI developer folks, or this is where a lot of the AI development for the Persistent Universe is headquartered. I think they use they work very closely with the folks in Austin, but um, they they uh, talked for a little bit, and uh, it was uh, it went way over my head. Um, it was not. Uh, it was um, it was. Uh, it was interesting stuff, but it wasn't very much fun. But I'm not saying that AI is not fun. I'm just saying that you know my little pea brain can only uh, can only hear certain frequencies, and theirs was much higher than uh, my receiver is calibrated for. So, uh, Have you seen the movie AI? You know, I never did. That's that was that was Spielberg. Spielberg finished up because uh, that was the one that. Um, Oh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Stanley Kubrick was working on when he died, right? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And Spielberg finished it up. Was it any good? It is pretty good. Hmm. Um, I didn't love the ending, but uh, I think I think it's a pretty good movie. Hmm. Yeah, definitely check it out if you like sci-fi. Well, maybe I'll, I'll watch that and then go back and listen to the Moon Collider Studio stuff again, and maybe it'll make better sense. Yeah, then it'll make <laughs> sense. Okay. I just don't speak AI yet. That's all. <laughs> um, and then next was Austin, which uh, of course those guys are, are the persistent universe guys. And um, uh, during the, their chat, uh, Chris uh, said that there was an Easter egg pistol to find in Arena Commander version 1.0. So we'll talk about that a little bit more later. 
And um, Tony Zerbeck, who is sort of the head guy down there, he said that in the first half of this year, we're going to be getting the PlanetSide social module. And uh, that uh, from within that, we're going to be able to access our friends' hangars and also cities uh, from the elevator within our own hangars, which I think, you know, on is kind of cool. But then also I'm wondering if it might not be... Um, immersion breaking sort of you know like like do i get into my elevator and do i push a button that says uh caleb and then all of a sudden i'm in caleb's hangar or you know is caleb or san francisco you know i mean it's like how does it you know is is it going to be is it just like a, a clever way to teleport or is it actually going to have some um some um realistic basis to it you know so I feel like you would probably go to your friend's hangers through a menu. It seems like that would be the um, be the the way to do it. But um, uh, you know, if if we have our hangers, if our hangers, and I believe our hangers are going to be based in a place. Uh, if our hangers are in different star systems, how how does that work? You know, do we? You know, well, at this point in time, they're not right. They're right. just. They're just on a server. Right. I mean, obviously it's always on a server, <laughs> but um, right now, yeah, I think they'll just do it through a menu. I I mean, yeah, when the PU launches, I think you will probably have to fly across the galaxy to uh, get to your friend's hangar if that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, right now it'll, it'll probably just be a menu. Yeah, and I guess that sort of makes sense because, you know, with, with uh, uh, Arena Commander, you know, it's, um, you know, I think that they're giving us stuff uh, for us to play with that is maybe not necessarily consistent with the way things are going to be in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sorry, Caleb, were you, did I interrupt you? As far you? as I can tell, oh, sorry. Uh, no, just I was just going to say that the elevators probably just be for getting to the city so you can see that and then might be a menu or something else to get to. I mean, like, I was thinking about the asteroid hangers because there's obviously not going to be a way for them to do that. So, yeah, we'll, yeah, I don't, that's, we'll have to see. But. Yeah, I, I think that that's, um, that, that, you know, unless you were pretending that your asteroid hanger was like, you know, unless it was a really big asteroid, you know, big enough to, like, have <laughs> cities on it. But, yeah. So, right. I'm sure they'll they'll find... As far as I can tell... In the uh, when when the game is fully launched, um, I think like cities and hangars will have like a specific place in the universe, and you'll have to travel there to actually get to them. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to be instanced, and what I mean by that is like if you're if the door on your hangar is open, I don't think somebody can be outside like in the middle of a dogfight and then, like, fly in there and, like, bullets can be flying in, flying in or anything like that. I think they're going to be instant so that, like, once you're inside your hangar, nothing can come in or out or bad, like, it can't be attacked or anything like, like that. Or maybe if you're in a party, you can, but if you're not partied up or something, you wouldn't be able to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, think about it. It'd be kind of cool, you know, like if there was a battle going on outside your... Um, your hangar, you need know, to just like open the door and kick back and watch it. <laughs> that, I think it would be cool, also, but I think they do. They have to have some limitations for certain 
reasons and yeah, I, I mean Archage is the only game I can think of that has not instanced housing so it'd be surprising if they didn't have it instanced but yeah it's like most MMOs they have an instance where you know if you're grouped up you can go see your friend's place but other than that it's off limits well, private yeah Oh, well, I'm sure they'll work it out. But anyway, so anyway, looking forward to seeing uh, your guys' hangar. You know, yeah, it'll be uh, neat. Yeah, see how you how you guys live. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I tell you, uh, my place is a mess. So, so you've been warned. <laughs> um, Not as messy as Caleb's peasant hangar. Uh, <laughs> Hey, that's I don't know. not true anymore. I have all the hangers now. I have a cutlass. So oh, dang it! <laughs> you thought you which one do you something. use, Caleb? Which one do you use as your default? Oh, geez, what do they call them now? <clears throat> um, it's it's the second tier. What used to be business. Um, oh, okay. I like the blue coloration with my blue ship. So that's what. No, that's what there happened. You <laughs> no. Did you see the like piston things in the corner? Yeah, like the orange kind of things, yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, I like hmm. that. I wonder what they do. I think they must be churning milk or something. It's a slurpy <laughs> machine. I can think of. Yeah, that yeah. could be it. <laughs> All right, well, um, um, Chris uh, said something pretty cool. He said that by the end of January, we are going to be making the move to 64-bit. So um, I think that that's also going to be fun for us to uh, uh, have much bigger maps to play on with all of our uh, all of our uh, those guys with ship friends. Um, yeah, and so that's uh, we got that to look forward to. And um, then uh, Ben Lesnick mentioned that there is going to be a Persistent Universe Town Hall at PAX South, which is coming up uh, here at the end of this month, and uh, there is a. Um, uh, there's a calendar of events which I'm uh, posting a link to in the show notes, uh, which also, but also on the the main website there is a, a listing of of uh, of the agenda for for packs, and there's going to be a um, a series of uh, I guess town hall meetings for uh, relative to the persistent universe, and then. Uh, there's going to be a presentation with Chris uh, in the evening, so um, it's not clear what's going to happen there, but uh, um, certainly uh, worth tuning in for, I think. I hope it's going to be streamed. I have not heard for sure that it's going to be streamed, but uh, hopefully there will be um, um, some way to find out uh, or to see it live. Um, and then Tony mentioned, uh, uh, they Ben asked him to talk about the uh, landing zones, the planned landing zones, and I guess currently there are five of them. Uh, for the uh, the PU, uh, there they are Terra Nix, which I know there's a link to some uh, lore type stuff on the website uh, about that. And then I couldn't hear the third one. I think he, I think he said Earth, but I thought wouldn't Earth be part of Terra? Doesn't doesn't isn't that kind of the what 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 Terra is is like the where humans came from? Do you guys know? Um, I believe. Terra is different than Earth. No, oh, okay. Um, I could be wrong, but yeah, I thought that they were different yeah, planets. Is. But it seems kind of redundant that you would land on Earth as well as Terra. I don't know. Hmm. 
Um, then there's another place, or another couple places, uh, one called the Mariana, and then Odessa, which um, sounds like the most interesting place. Uh, uh, Tony said that it is a sort of a burned-out husk of a city, and he likened it to Detroit. So, you know, if you're from Detroit, ow. Oh, so ow, you went be there. kind of Blade Runner-y. Yeah, he went there. He just said, ooh, Detroit, ooh, not good. Um, <laughs> so, um, anyway, I think that, that that's kind of... Um, kind of a, a cool thing and uh, so now when you're saying that that means that those are the only places that um, that just seems like a small list for places you can land does that not include carriers and space stations and stuff like that or what exactly well, it does just that says mean? primary so I don't really know how we're supposed to interpret that well I, if I'm Kind of the the picture I had in my head was uh, remember like when we had the um, uh, the FPS demo um, uh, they showed that or it, w- it wasn't actually part of the it was the PU demo where they showed uh, the, the the constellation landing in that city and uh, then there was yeah. the uh, Dumpers Depot uh, place and there was like a bar and some stuff um, so I'm, how I'm interpreting this is that. There's going to be five of those five cities where you can go, um, you know, land and and uh, visit uh, bars and stores and you know probably get equipment or upgrades for your ship or what have you. And um, I be- mm-hmm. I believe that um, uh, these these uh, cities are are what he, they were talking about when they said you're going to be able to access this kind of stuff from your hangar at least in the near term is that you're going to be able to get to these cities from your hangar so um but uh how that actually works out we'll see like a fast travel see that's what i don't know that's i mean if um is that going to be you know because that that's sort of the the concern i have about immersion breaking is you know if you just jump into your elevator and type you know punch the odissa button um and then go no no wait cancel hit mariana instead you know i mean it's like you might be going in two opposite directions but it takes you you know the same time to get there so but yeah i don't want i don't want any fast travel please no out away no i don't like it (laughs) no no, and I, I don't think... That was one thing I didn't like about Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Like, Far Cry 2 had no fast travel, mm-hmm. and, like, it even did things like you had to look down at the map that you were holding in your hand, like it wasn't a menu. Right. But then Far Cry 3 came out, and it had fast travel, it had a menu that was just... Uh, the map was in a menu, mm-hmm. and, you know, I I like... I like games that have immersive stuff like that, and fast travel is one that just breaks it so easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it, when you you have to commit to like making a journey, I think that that adds some richness to the uh, to the gameplay experience. You know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go over here today, and it's like, and if there's nobody over there I want to play with, then maybe I'll just pop over to here on the other side of the galaxy, and then oh, well, if there's nobody there, then uh, you know, I'll go to Arena Commander. You know, it's. Yeah, you know, I could see them adding, like, a teleportation system or something Mm -hmm. that maybe costs, like, a lot of money to use. Yeah. You know, this would be if you needed to go make a deal with somebody, and you wouldn't be able to take, like, anything other than, like, things that you had in your coat or something. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Um, but yeah, it would cost a lot of money and you would just use that if you had to make like some kind of deal and get somewhere quickly. Yeah. Um, Hmm. but it would be limited because it would be expensive. Right. Uh, so I could, I'd be down for something like that, but yeah, like you said, if you're teleporting everywhere, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I mean, hopefully this is all just kind of, um, uh, first iteration stuff that is designed as much to give us, uh, uh, exposure to all the, you know, the types of cool stuff we're going to be seeing in the future. And then, it doesn't uh, turn into uh, what you were just describing. So, the only yeah. thing I remember <clears throat> being talked about is that they were gonna—they're planning on having it so that you could join your friend, like in their ship. Um, mm-hmm. You know, say say you were playing and you were doing some mission or whatever, and you need, you needed help. Mm-hmm. I remember them saying that you'd be able to join in with your friend to help out or whatever without having to fly there yourself. So mm-hmm. that's all I remember hearing about that. Yeah, I, I I had heard an example of that too, and I thought that they said that. You know, I guess the context I heard it in was if you if I'm out with my ship and I've got uh, a couple of NPCs working for me, and then you guys pull up and say, "Hey, um, can we come on board?" That you could take over for the NPCs. Ah, um, uh, sure. Uh, but um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's questions, questions, questions. <laughs> Two, 2015 apparently is going to be more like 2014 than we expected. Just questions, questions, questions. <laughs> um, so um, after uh, the Austin report, we went on to Behavior in Canada, and those are the guys that uh, designed, helped design the uh, 890 Jump. Uh, they're working on the Moby Glass and the hangers, speaking of hangers. Um, and uh, while they were visiting with them, uh, um, Ben reported that there was uh, a recurrent question from the community, or the, or one of the more recurrent questions from the community was, "Will I ever be able to clean my asteroid hangar?" <laughs> so, you know, there's like there's like all these busted cables and pools of water, which you know, like electricity and pools of water. It's just you know, I'm thinking OSHA, you know, safety hazard. Um, and uh, another thing that I noticed that which is, is also sort of bugged me is every time they give you some sub, uh, subscriber flare where you get like one of those new model ships um, in the asteroid hangar they put the ship into the little display case and then they just throw the empty box on the floor <laughs> it's like it's like dude I gotta live here <laughs> um, and uh, uh, what the the answer uh, was, you know, yeah, that someday you're going to be able that someday hangers will be highly customizable. So they had a you know sort of a designer sort of answer instead of like you know the uh, the immersive answer of like yeah you're going to get you know you'll be able to buy a space Roomba and you know it'll sweep the place up <laughs> for you. So which I think would be cool. Um, then we uh, we went after that to Santa Monica, where they talked about the uh, um, they interviewed the ship's team, uh, and it was uh, you know it was more designer chat, which you know for me um, uh, I was you know just sort of staring at the screen like Homer Simpson, you know, just big wide eyes, kind of going, huh, what? okay. <laughs> um, but one thing I did get out of it was that they said that uh, the pronunciation for um, that particular kind of weapon is Omnisky. It's not Omninsky. It's Omnisky. Um, Omninsky. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, which apparently in German means tiger work stoppage. 
I I'm not making that up. So <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Is that relative? Or re- is that relevant? <laughs> I don't. You know. Well, I you know I I, I don't work stoppage. Yeah, I would I would. <laughs> I would hate. To Wait, is stoppage a word? Oh yeah, yeah. No, work stoppage is a thing. You know, like the you know, like labor strikes are work stoppages, or you know, can be. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought stoppage was okay. I... <laughs> All right, let's move along. All right. <laughs> All right, and so then um, I got real excited because next we were going to go talk to the the the, the fellows over at Ilphonic, uh, you know, the FBS team, and uh, boy. These guys, they talk in ones and zeros. Let me tell you, um, it was it was more uh, more designer chat and uh, uh, poor old Gleep. Uh, he just started to get a you know one of those ice cream headaches. It was just not good. Um, but then uh, at some, I, I my my uh, um, soul brother Chris Roberts sensed this. I feel through the internet, and uh, he's he said uh, you know the FPS module is going to be the first thing up in 2015. So. Uh, that made me do the huh, you know, the the, uh, the uh, uh, RCA dog. I went ooh, um, so that's very cool. <laughs> and then um, after that, uh, we had Turbulent, which are the guys are also from Canada, which is is uh, uh, interesting, I think, sort of. And they are the ones. And we talked about this a little bit last time, John, that we're doing the galactic map thing, and. If you um, if you uh, click on that link, there is a real quick uh, video showing the galactic map in the, as they demoed it in use, and it is awesome. And again, I'll, there's going to be a link to this in the show notes, so uh, the folks at home can play along. Um, it's um, um, are you guys seeing it? Is it up? Are you seeing it? Is it up? Yes. Yeah. I was just uh, uh-huh. noticing how the guy on the right kind of looks like James Franco. A little bit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see the interview? No. No? Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> ah, that was... Uh, I'm not much of a, um, a... In general, not much of a movie guy unless it's like a big adventure, you know... Uh, action movie but uh unless it's lord of the rings exactly but uh i did uh, i did spend five bucks uh to uh to rent it for my uh my shield device and, and watched it it was pretty funny oh yeah yeah it was pretty funny it was it was i wasn't expecting much and uh it was uh i i was not disappointed so yeah but you are right it does sort of look like him but anyway um you know here three of us are, are watching <laughs> nothing more interesting than on radio than uh, folks watching TV um, <laughs> uh, but you, you, I don't know where you guys are, are in the presentation but um, this looks very similar in a lot of ways to what's currently in elite dangerous uh, but if you mm-hmm. if you scroll on up to uh, where is it about 344 Five, I think it is. They talk no, not, maybe not quite that far. I'm just going to screw this whole thing up. But anyway, it um, they show where you're able to uh, zoom in and go and see the particular landing zones, and then uh, plot your um, your journey from uh, from one system into this system, and then once in the system to the particular landing zones. And it's just it's uh, really. Um, uh, 
I think uh, the kind of cool that we we've uh, been hoping for in regards to uh, uh, the exploration, you know, in particular the exploration part of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is fairly rough at this point, right? Oh yeah, yeah. This is um, this is not. Um, um, uh, uh, Posh, although, although I, I do think it looks pretty good, um, and this apparently is going to be the sort of um, information we're going to be able to get on our Moby glass as well. So, uh-huh. um, yeah, I think I think um, it does look pretty good. I just like the effects and stuff aren't obviously aren't quite done yet, but no, no, but but yeah, it should be it should be pretty impressive when it's ready. Yeah, when it's done. So. Um, and then, uh, after that, uh, Sandy discussed, uh, the events that are coming up this year and, and where, uh, uh, Chris is going to be speaking and, uh, where fan events are going to be happening. And there's, like I said, I think I mentioned before, there is a link to the 2015 events in the show notes. So you can check that out. Uh, first up is going to be, um, uh, BAFTA, which I think is the British, British something or other, but it's, um, not a, um, not really a gaming convention as you would, uh, as we normally think of them. Uh, they, Ben, Ben even said, uh, "Don't buy a ticket for this," <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Um, British Academy of Film and Television. Yeah. So um, awards. Yeah, I'm not sure um, why Chris is talking to them, but um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and that, but then after that, shortly after that, is going to be the PAX South in San Antonio on the 23rd. And so uh, hoping maybe there might be um, some more information about uh, the FPS module, assuming that's the first thing to drop. So it would be cool if, that was, if it dropped in conjunction with it, um, but uh, we don't have any information suggesting that's going to be the case. Um, Sandy also mentioned new merchandise and that uh, they did give... Uh, uh, mentioned that the the Hotos that we just we had discussed a few episodes back that that is a go and that it's going and it is going to be developed by an outside manufacturer. I think we had expressed concern that uh, they would be allocating internal resources to working on this, and um, it, it turns out it's not the case that they're they they're inking a deal with some uh, external manufacturer to build this for them, and uh, they wouldn't say who it was. They only said that it's not Logitech, <laughs> so. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I don't know if, if Logitech makes good, good. Uh, what's the plural of hotas? Uh, hotuses? Hotai? <laughs> Hotisai. Hotisai. Yeah. Uh, and then we- that sounds uh, Japanese. It does. But yeah. Um, Logitech. Logitech makes good stuff. Um, I have a Logitech mouse. Yeah. And it's I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it has really bad battery life but other than that it's pretty good yeah yeah i've, I've got a lot yeah, of i think from what i've I think from what i've read just their joysticks are more entry level like they're good but they don't really have much in terms of intermediate or you know nicer quality um, joysticks so i guess that would kind of make make it weird for them to do something since it seems like what we're getting is probably going to be you know kind of mid-high in terms of price tag, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw um, at the local electronics store uh, they had a, a Thrustmaster 
uh, Hotas setup, like Thrustmaster Warthog, I think it is. And um, it's it's not a real friendly piece of equipment, you know? I mean, it, it feels very um, industrial or military, you know? I mean, it's like the, the buttons are not soft, you know, that's, or gent. That's the actual... Um, they made that to simulate the actual joystick that the actual air, aircraft uses so yeah huh. it's exactly what it's supposed to be for that aircraft <laughs> wow uh, i guess maybe you'd have to like you know get a like a, a set of gloves to go along with it or something <laughs> just, <laughs> i have to i don't know yeah you know, my, my dainty little muppet hands wouldn't handle it you know <laughs> So, um, and then uh, uh, Sandy and Ben did their dogfight. We talked about it last time. Uh, it was uh, not much of a fight. Um, ben, ben dominated, but uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was still fun. Uh, although <clears throat> Sandy did win the uh, trash-talking competition, so that's, uh, you know, yay, <laughs> yay for her. And uh, they ended up, the, they ended the, uh, the stream with the Imagine trailer, which we've talked about a whole bunch of times, uh, or we talked about last time a whole bunch. And um, I've listened to other shows, and there are a lot of people that didn't like it. You know, in particular, they didn't like the music, which I thought was, uh, was uh, sort of interesting. Um, kind of um, surprised me a little bit. I, I really liked it. I guess some people, I guess dubstep really, uh, really rubs some people the wrong way. I thought that um, yeah I sorry, when I was uh, I recently searched for um, like the music from Star Citizen that they've had in like the trailers mm-hmm. uh, just to listen to it and uh, there were people commenting in there that they liked that they're doing uh, like a symphonic uh, soundtrack for the game mm-hmm. um, and other people were like but you need to have electronic instruments and stuff because it's space. And <laughs> I mean, I kind of, I kind of agree. Like, um, like Blade Runner has that kind of stuff, but it's kind of mixed in with the symphony mm-hmm. type thing. Um, I mean, I think, I think symphonic soundtrack is that. Is that like the word to use for it? Is that how you describe that kind of music, like John Williams type stuff? <laughs> Maybe yeah. orchest- well, uh, orchestral or orchestral, yeah. orchestral. Mm. Yes, yeah, a symphony that is just the strings. Fancier. So right, right, okay. So an orchestral soundtrack, I think, sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be cool if they did have some electronic stuff in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, well, didn't like yeah, I don't like I don't get why people complain about it. Didn't like Daft Punk do the soundtrack for Tron, the 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 reboot of Tron? Or, they did. Yeah, and th- that was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, right? that was great. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess can't make everybody happy. So, anyway, yeah. I thought I well, thought this trailer was a uh, fan made, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Right. And uh, but I thought it was just awesome. Anyway. So moving on, that's so that's the live stream, you know, uh, all four hours of it in just over an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> um, and uh, so moving right along, uh, we did get a letter for, from the chairman uh, on uh, for the end of the year, and uh, uh, basically Chris just said, you know, it's uh, it's been a, a really good year, and uh, he uh, explained a little bit why he believes that Star Citizen has been as successful as it has, and 
Um, he talked a little bit about uh, some of the folks that have predicted that uh, that this model can't work. You know, saying that we're just building up to an inevitable flop. And, uh, you know, what he said is that because, uh, you know, we have this community that we have and that um, because of, of the team that they've been able to put together with the money that they've raised, um, that he can't really imagine uh, it not working in the long run because every step of the way, the development is working in lockstep with the community. I mean, it's like they're taking so much community feedback um, that you know, the way that, that uh, the progression is occurring um, is necessarily going to um, uh, end up pleasing more people than it displeases. You know, so he, you know, he said, and he, and he, but he admits, you know, he says, um, is it going to be everybody's dream game? You know, of course not, because that's just not possible. But with this level of engagement and the iterative process they put into place, um, that he believes they're going to build something really special that people uh, will be uh, able to uh, have a lot of fun playing uh, with their friends and, and by themselves, uh, even if uh, it doesn't have everything that they wanted. So I think that that was, uh, you know, that was a nice way to sort of end the year. And uh, he quoted, uh, I don't know if you remember the guy from the Mustang commercial, Silas Corner, which is just a great name for like a, a, a ship salesman. Um, he said, uh, you know, that we need to dare to challenge the expectation of what has come before, to embrace the unique, to put everything on the line, because only when you risk everything can we discover something truly special. Aw, right? Pretty good. Thank mm -hmm. you. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, of course, Arena Commander 1.0. Um, how has it been going for you guys? Um have you gotten in? Uh, I know the John. When we talked last time, uh, neither of us were able to get in because of the uh, the continuous server resets. But um, uh, you know, since then, have you had any luck, Caleb? Have you had any luck? Yeah, um, I have. I've I was a little late to it, so I didn't have to deal with any of the problems. So that was nice. Other than the text on the buttons, I had to. Well, John knew how to fix that, so I didn't have much struggle there either. Um, but yeah, I have you know I have the Cutlass Blue, which means that I get to fly the black mm -hmm. for now. Um, <clears throat> and I I did a few you know free flights just to get the feel for things and um, see what all was different and try to get the controls button down. That's the hardest part of the game for me <laughs> is trying to figure out how to set up my HOTAS to make myself feel like it's intuitive to control the, the craft. So, uh -huh. uh, so I spent some time trying to figure that out um, with all the degrees of freedom and just all the things that you want to be able to do while in flight. It's kind of hard with the limited buttons that I have. So um, it's going to take some time to figure that out and are you able to do that controls go ahead are you able to do that through the menus or do you have to edit the xml to do that now that um they, they do have the control set up in the game now so that makes it way easier but oh, good. Um, it's just just preference and figuring figuring out what's intuitive and what will work so mm. um but yeah i'm enjoying the ship it's definitely interesting to actually fly it versus just you know have the concept in your mind of what it's going to be like and it definitely has a lot of weight to it it's not a 
it's not as nimble as um, at this point we should say you know this is the first iteration of having the ship um, be flyable mm -hmm. and you know it's not super nimble it can roll super quickly because of how the, the back thrusters are they rotate um, pivot vertically so that you can roll extremely fast but um, turning side to side is definitely slow mm -hmm. and and also the weapons were interesting it took me a little bit to figure out how to get that working I was having trouble I don't know if it was a wait yeah no I, I was just having trouble figuring out the missiles but um, once I figured out that they're just a little bit different um, next time I go in I'll be able to really test them I was a little bit confused they're they're a different kind they're new as of the 1.0 drop mm -hmm. uh, the, I don't know if we mentioned that but yeah you can buy different types of missiles and weapons um, now in the Voyager Direct section of the website Yeah. and anyway th these missile, missiles are like a cluster missile that has an in initial punch that it does and then it has a bigger payload behind the cluster so it's kind of interesting I haven't really used it successfully yet but um, so yeah, I was a little bit concerned with the weapons loadout, and I'll enjoy using the blue probably more, just because it's got um, eight missiles instead of the maximum of four that the black did. But um, the guns on it were decent. They're kind of different. Um, the wing-mounted guns are the sucker punch cannons, mm -hmm. and these are just power. These are just power draining cannons they're not really designed to do you know damage per se they're more of like the policing um, strategy you know taking their power down without destroying without like you know killing anybody <laughs> so oh, okay. um, I don't know it's not really the ideal ship for me for dogfighting at this point and a huge part of that is that it's a three person ship obviously the turret isn't really usable at this point so It'll be interesting to see what it's like with multiple people in the ship, but right now I'm kind of wishing I had a, you know, a better dogfighting ship since that's still kind of the best part of what's playable is the dogfighting. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's my experience. I played a few hours and I did land my ship. I forgot to try the pistol out um, when I was doing that, but yeah, it was fun to definitely fun to see the new ship and fly it around. So you you found the landing platform in the, in the dining star map. Yeah, that's been there. I'd landed on it with my other ship, but oh, okay. I had just done it again, and I forgot to get the pistol out because I had seen that in a video, but I just totally forgot about it. So, yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, I um I have the black uh, too because of my red, and um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's it's I like just flying it around in in third person just so you can see the the thrusters twirling around. It's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a. But you're right. I mean, it's not a fast ship. Um, it's uh, pretty, um, pretty uh, slow. In fact, uh, relative to uh, some of the other ships. But, and um, uh, we'll get to it later. But in I, I forget which. If it was reverse the verse, uh, I think it was in reverse the verse twenty nine. Uh, somebody asked about that, and what Ben said was that. The cutlass is kind of how they envision it. Is currently kind of how they envision it going forward, uh, as far as uh, um, speed and um, uh, maneuverability. So um, 
I, I, uh, I, I think a lot of people are probably not going to be too happy with that. But that's not to say that's not to say that the other ships aren't OP and are going to get reined in a little bit. So, you know, I guess it's all yeah. relative. There's a few things that I, I was a bit confused by. <clears throat> There's definitely one thing that I, I think that they will fix. It's when you're just, um, if you have, if you're going forward or whatever, and you just want to pitch the nose up or down, I think that's what it is. And whenever you do that, the back thrusters point 180 degrees from each other. Mm. And to me, there's no there's no physics reason behind that. I think there's just something that's kind of screwy where it decides to do this <laughs> random motion with the thrusters. But um, and there's, there's that. And then there's also something kind of that seems strange to me. I don't know if somebody wants to write in and tell me what's going on. But when I'd be going, you know, full speed straight ahead, and then I would turn up, let's say, let's just say I pitch up 90 mm-hmm. degrees. I wouldn't really see the thrusters, the, the rear thrusters doing much um, visually. Mm-hmm. And to me, to, to, and for, for me, if I'm having to change my vector 90 degrees, there's got to be some propulsion that's involved there from the main thrusters. So I was a little bit confused, but um, yeah, maybe I should just try it again and make sure that I was seeing things correctly <laughs> no i think that's right um and uh, uh later on we have um uh from one of our new members uh, uh i believe it was yellow yellow stag uh who posted a link to a conversation yeah it was yellow stag who uh, started a thread in uh, in heroes tavern about a post made in the uh, star citizen forums uh, uh discussing the current state of the flight physics in the game and I think pointing out that a lot of the things, uh, if you really break it down, don't make sense. And um, mm. so I think uh, that, uh, you know, given that we are still pre-alpha, that a lot of that, it's very likely that a lot of that's going to change. Um, but, you know, for some of the folks that are really yeah. look, looking for that sort of thing, uh, it could be frustrating in the short term. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, I know that nothing's finished, especially with this ship, because it just, you know, it's now flyable for the first time. So I know it'll change a lot in the years coming. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think so. But, um, well, cool. Um, John, what what have, uh, what, what has happened for you in uh, Arena Commander? Um, you know, it was so long ago that I got into my first game. It's like, I feel like it wasn't too long after the patch, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I jumped in there and then I saw the friends list. I was happy to see that that was up and running. It said that you two were offline, and but it had like a little invite button. Um, but it's cool that it has like a status and that it seems to be working at least. We mm-hmm. have to. Once we get in there together, we'll have to see how that's all working out. But, um, but yeah, I jumped into a match of Team Deathmatch. It seemed, seemed to work well. Um, I had to use... Um, I used the Hornet that I still have in my hangar. It's, like it's just like the default Hornet or something. Um, do you have one of those? I do, and I, I can't. I must be getting it for some other ship that um, uh, that I don't currently have in my hangar. Um, 
trying to think of what. I it, wonder if I get it from my constellation or something. I'll bet you. I'll bet you that it is. And I, I wonder if that's because if you have any ship that's um, not flyable, they give you that kind of as a as a as a consolation for your constellation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, it it seems to be running well. I hope that people over the break uh, that were looking forward to playing um, had a good experience as well. Okay. So uh, so yeah. Cool. Well, um, I um, I have been actually playing pretty regular. I've been going in uh, trying to get in uh, when I'm around, trying to get in every evening for a little bit, and I've been running um, in. Uh, the racing uh, in Murray Cup. I've been uh, running my uh, Mustang Gamma, and I guess I, I should point out. I mean, I've been trying to get into public matches, and the only thing I can get into in public matches is the Battle Royale. And uh, I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like there's some guy out there with a Super Hornet that is waiting just for me to log in, and then he comes in and just like blows me out oh. of the sky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. So uh, most of the time I've had in the game has been in the drone sim, and but it's still fun. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of getting a handle on how to use the um, uh, the constab and the coupling and decoupling to sort of, you know, maneuver a little bit more tactically. And, uh, yeah. uh-huh. and it's... Um, um, uh, you know, it's 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 a, a lot of fun. So um, I'm just I'm sorry. I just got just got mex- messaged by uh, by Valix saying, "Hey, any any news on when the new podcast is coming out?" <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. Kind of like doing I don't know, that, man. Yeah, <laughs> soon, dude. Um, <laughs> um, as far as racing goes, do you think that the racing ships are balanced or? Do you think that one of them is just the best, and that's the one to use to win? Um, I think that uh, the that you can probably be very competitive in uh, if with either the M fifty or the three fifty R, and it probably depends upon the course. I think that there are some the the longer, more twisty variations of what's out there currently. I think like the second and third course might give you um might be easier for an m50 uh but uh, i think anything less than the m50 and you're likely not going to be as competitive uh, so like right. the the uh the mustang gamma is 10 meters per second slower than the m50 uh it and it's it's maneuverable but i think that it doesn't have the same sort of um, uh, thruster configuration so it, it seems less sure sure-footed if that makes any sense uh, at least by my right, yeah by my recollection um so um uh yeah i i mean if 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 all you wanted to do was race i would probably grab the m50 but um mm-hmm. um it's um uh and for dog fighting obviously the super hornet is is the way to go if you've got one um but you, you know if you don't have one i don't know that you're uh, you know when you'll be able to get one um, the Hornet, I think, I think the of the three Hornets that are available, just the base model one is probably for Arena Commander uh, the best, uh, the best bet. Although, 
I think what's coming out um, soon? It's the Gladius. I think the is it the Gladius that's supposed to be um, uh, maybe not um, as good as the Hornet, but uh, certainly more competitive with the Hornet than any of the other variants that are out. So, mm-hmm. so we'll see. I'm going to reply back to uh, to uh, Valix here, so that uh, it stops beeping in my I ear. I always get get confused about the. Uh, there's a gladiator also, right? Yes, that is the bomber. That is the bomber. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So. Right. So, um, uh, Caleb, I think you're going to have to jump off here pretty quick. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add before you before you head off for the night? Yeah, sorry, I got to leave early tonight, but um, yeah. Well, did you want to have a little conversation about the War Thunder? I saw that you had mentioned that in a later part of the show notes. I don't know if you wanted to talk about that now. Yeah, because uh, I have played that. What do you think? Um, it's one of the two World War II flight games that I've enjoyed playing off of Steam, mm-hmm. and. Um, I can't remember the name of the other one right now, but <laughs> I did like it. Um, it's oh is right, IL two Sturmovic. No, sorry, the other one isn't World War Two. It's um, uh, DCS Digital Combat Simulator. Mm. Which oh, is the, that one. Okay. The really intense simulator, but yeah, this okay. is War Thunder is a nice. You know, it's not an extreme simulator. It's definitely simplified, but. Um, yeah, I did enjoy playing that. I think the my least favorite thing about it was the fact that you had to kind of unlock the different airplanes, and I found that a little bit confusing as well as just frustrating that you had to do that in the first place. But it is nice that there's progression. I understand that part. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I enjoyed playing it for a little while, not not super long, but. Well, let me ask you if you because I bought a small package just to get a couple of ships to start with, um, and. Yeah. And I was reading something somewhere, I heard something somewhere that led me to believe that if you if your ship gets shot down that you lose your ship. Is that is that there's no LTI? <laughs> <laughs> really? Um You know, they've probably changed it a lot since I played it. it looks like they actively update it. Um but Well, it's free to play, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, it could be that you have to, like, earn your ship, and maybe you have to p- spend real money for it to respawn or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, it, I guess if, if my might... ship... Hmm. I remember there being different modes. Maybe there's, like, a, you know, like a tournament mode where it's more serious, and then there's, you know, Arena Commander where it doesn't matter as much. I don't know. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh, well, that makes sense. Why I'm kind of excited about it is that they are releasing a version of it for the NVIDIA Shield coming up pretty soon. And um, uh-huh. as part of one of the Shield demos uh, that NVIDIA put out, um, they they showed it uh, playing, and it looks like it works very well. And I think if they, um, if they port it specifically for that uh, processor, for the Tegra processor with the... Um, uh, the controller that NVIDIA is using for it, I think uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So, um, you know, maybe uh, mm. maybe we can uh, once we get that going, hook up uh, hook up in game and, and and fly around and bomb stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I, sure. I 
I hear what you say about it not being um, as much of a simulation. I mean, it's it's you know the the piloting in Arena Commander and Star Citizen is much um, more involved than uh, it is in the uh, in what I've played so far on the PC in War Thunder. So right, but it, yeah, it's yeah, that's true. It's fun, you know. So I and I guess you know at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. It is fun, and it's you know it's. If you if you want to go full out simulator, DCS World is the thing to do. It's free if you just want to do limited things. So then you can buy other airplanes if you'd like you know a broader experience in the game. But you know it, it definitely takes some of the fun out of combat when it's so complicated just to even fly. Like I found it fun just trying to figure out how to fly the plane, but to get into the combat would take just a lot more time and a lot more investment so yeah yeah it's definitely definitely better than dcs world for the average gamer that doesn't want to get into all that stuff yeah cool all right well um uh we will uh, talk to you next time then um and um uh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah in a couple of weeks because i think we're gonna have to chop this one up and do it next week so in a couple weeks i'll talk to you guys again hopefully we can um play together though tomorrow or next whatever time whatever times we set up i guess it wouldn't be tomorrow but hopefully we can play some time um and yeah. see you in the game that would be fantastic yeah sometime soon we'll get it together and as soon as we get uh get it working and our our um um confident that we can keep it working uh we'll definitely uh, try to get some of the listeners involved and uh turn it into a regular thing all right sounds good if you want to find me you can find me on steam as katarn twitter katarn 87 other than that i'll be here two weeks from now all right man talk to you guys later all right later see you later man bye hey everybody your old pal gleep here we're going to cut it off here for the first part of episode 14. Look for the second half to be put up next Monday, January 19th. And a special shout out to Ronald Jenkins for allowing us to use his music. Please do check him out at ronaldjenkins.com. And notes for the entire episode of 14 can be found at Heroes Tavern. There's a link in the show notes to that. So until next time, we'll see you in the verse.